Welcome to the Defiant Podcast. The internet of money is being built with blockchain technology and without banks. We call it DeFi, short for decentralized finance. And this is where you can hear the builders and users of this cutting edge world tell their stories firsthand. I'm your host, Camila Russo. In this week's episode, I speak with Terry Cruz, a legit star. He was a professional football player, has starred in multiple Hollywood films, and currently stars in TV shows including America's Got Talent. Most recently, he is also a cryptocurrency enthusiast, minting his own social token called Power. Terry has a very powerful story on how he got into crypto. It was at a design show in Milan. He wanted to support his friend at the show and needed more cash that he was able to get from an ATM. He went to an American Express branch, and even with his own US executive on the phone with employees at the Italian branch, he still wasn't able to withdraw money. He realized a financial system that's based on trusting a long line of intermediaries is broken. He thought, even when he did everything right, and he was already wealthy and famous, he still got the door shut in his face. So what's left for the rest? He thought back to the families who were crushed under debt from loan sharks in the neighborhood he grew up in. He watched what happened with GameStop earlier this year. All of that cemented his view that the financial system should be permissionless, transparent, and global. He believes creators and personalities with a following like himself stand to benefit from this new system by bypassing old gatekeepers and reaching their audiences directly. He is exploring this concept by creating his own social token. Power brings together a group of investors who will support artists. Eventually, when the group has collected a valuable portfolio, he plans to make power tradable. But he's not in a hurry. He said to him, and I quote, this thing is for life. Before we get to it, here's a word about our sponsors. Kyber's Dynamic Market Maker, or DMM, is the first decentralized exchange designed to react to market conditions to optimize fees, maximize returns, and provide extremely high capital efficiency for liquidity providers. It aims to be a game changer for DeFi. Depositing tokens to earn fees is also fast and simple with this liquidity easily accessible by dApps, aggregators, or other users. Visit dmm.exchange now. Don't let high gas costs keep you out of Ethereum. At Balancer, you can trade all you want and get most of the gas costs back in your pocket. In their new Bal for Gas campaign, traders are receiving six figures worth of Bal tokens every week. And with V2 just around the corner, Balancer is becoming the one-stop shop for DeFi liquidity. Balancer V2 brings stable pools and weighted pools tightly integrated under a single protocol, flash loans lending via asset managers, and much more. Check it out at balancer.finance. The new Kraken app is one of the best places to invest in some of the most popular DeFi assets like Uniswap, Aave, Polkadot tokens, and more. Just download the app and get started in minutes. Plus, you can earn additional rewards through Kraken's industry-leading staking product. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20% annually on some of your favorite cryptos. Sign up today at kraken.com defiant or type Kraken in the App Store to learn more. Ensign provides an easy way to build, scale, and monetize DeFi investment strategies. If high gas prices are shutting you out of DeFi, fear not. Ensign is now running a gas subsidy program. The app makes it easy for investors to pull together on strategies lowering costs. The Ensign interface allows anyone to trade, lend, deposit to AMM pools, farm, stake, and more. It is a non-custodial solution and allows for real-time reporting, security, and transparency. Sign up today on Enzyme.finance. Experience DeFi. Deposit, earn, and borrow on Aave. Aave is a decentralized, open-source, and non-custodial liquidity protocol to earn interest on deposits and borrow assets. Deposit and start earning interest in real time directly in your wallet and swap any of your deposited assets at any time to get some of the best deals on the market. 
Other protocol liquidity pools are now available on Ethereum and on the sidechain Polygon. Head over to app.ave.com to get started today. Interested in DAOs? Wondering how to DAO? Colony aims to be the biggest, baddest DAO framework out there. And it's easy. Spin up a DAO in three minutes for half a penny. Issue a token, raise money, govern your treasury, and so much more. Zero coding required. Already got a token? Great. Colony will give it superpowers in seconds. DAOs are all about voting, right? Wrong. Colony is about getting things done. And voting on every little thing ain't that. So in Colony, votes are only necessary if there's a disagreement. Head to colony.io and follow at joincolony on Twitter to learn more. Want to DAO right now? Hit up clny.io slash bounty to join their bounty program and earn their forthcoming token, CLNY. All right. Um, well, here we are with Terry Coos. Terry, welcome to the Defiant Podcast. It's so exciting to have you here. Nice to be here. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who need an introduction, um, Terry is a legit star. It's um, really, really great to, to have him on the podcast. He was a football player for the NFL. He started in movies, including White Chicks and Idiocracy uh, in sitcoms like Everybody Hates Chris. Um, he's currently starring in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and America's Got Talent. Um, very glad to say he is also an advocate for women's rights and against sexism. And more recently, and the reason why he's on the show is because he's a cryptocurrency enthusiast. Um, <laughs> so with all that background, uh, it, it, you know, we usually don't have like athletes and movie stars in the Defiant podcast. So really interested to hear about how you got interested and involved in crypto in the first place. Wow. Uh, this is um, I'm, I'm going to try to be as succinct as possible because uh, it's a little bit of a long story. But um, one thing is, I, I, first thing I am, I am an artist. Um, before I was a football player, before I was an actor, I was an illustrator, um, painting, drawing. Uh, and I actually thought, you know, my career in Hollywood would be in the special effects lane. I always thought my dream was to work for industrial light and magic and create special effects for movies and use my art in telling stories. Uh, and I, my, I had an art scholarship before I had a football scholarship. So as an artist, uh, my whole thing was, you know, how can artists get, you know, how can me as an artist find ways to survive? You know, because when you are an artist, the first thing that goes before your name is usually starving. <laughs> starving artist, uh, the whole point uh, a lot of times being an artist is always uh, attributed to being also kind of tied into having a life of poverty, a life of, you know, relative trying to make things work. You, you know, you have to sacrifice everything. You probably have to give up everything. And then someone else benefits off your work. <laughs> and listen, I my thing is I'm also being an artist. I've always been a patron of the arts. I always have found people that I loved and I always invested in them. And when I was getting involved in the furniture business, um, there was a, a friend of mine named Eni Archibald, who actually is one of the world's best designers. He had just left the school. He was in Switzerland. He was studying luxury at his university and creating really beautiful objects. And you know, this guy had been my friend when, when he lived in the United States. And I flew over to Switzerland and I just, I love this guy. And I was like, man, look, you know what? I have this budget. I said, whatever you want to do, I'm going to contribute to you. I'm going to invest in you. And I said, you know, let's make a product. I want you to design it and, you know, we'll put it out. We'll make, well, you will blow up. Uh, and the whole thing is to get you the recognition that you deserve. Cause that's really, really hard for most artists. So he came up with a, a whole line of furniture, a settee, a, a table, a, a chandelier, and it was beautiful. And we took it to Milan for the Salon, Salon de Mobile, which was, and they had an emerging designers conference called the Salon Satellite, which was brand new designers. 
And it was a hit. We, I spent all my money and I, I ended up spending double <laughs> because in order to, all his designs were so beautiful, but they were real marble and real glass makers. And we had to get things from all over the world, but it was so beautiful. It won awards. And the thing was when we were at Salon de Mobile, in, it was in Milan, Italy. And I flew everyone over and we had a nice little, uh, uh, it was a huge exhibition. And what was happening is the, the, the exhibitors needed more money. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, there was always these little fees and little things that I had to take care of. And there, I, you know, there I was, I was out of the country. So I didn't have, you know, my ATM, it was more than my ATM could give me. So I had American Express, send me money and, and basically, you know, my own money basically. And I was supposed to pick up the uh, transfer, the wire at a bank right there in Milan. And I went to Milan, I went to the bank and, you know, there I was, wait, I had my passport, I had my uh, driver's license, I had my American Express card, I had everything in my hands, I was ready to go. And mind you, Camila, I was already famous. so. This is one of those things where I was like, I was in the bank and people were like, oh, I know you, uh, you know. And I was like, hey guys, how you doing? And the bank manager was, it was, they had uh, a secure glass. I'll never forget this. It was this big, thick bulletproof glass that was sitting up there. And here I was in line. I, I showed everything to the bank, to the teller. And she went to her manager and the manager was on the phone in the background going, no, no. And I was like, why? why? Right. And that's exactly where I was going. I was like, what's going on? And he was on the phone with American Express, literally. And, and, I, and then I got on the phone with American Express. And I said, you know, I see the person you're talking to. And, and what was the issue? I need my money. And he was like, no, no. And I was like, and the teller came back, gave me my passport, gave me all my information back, gave me my card back and said, no. What? Did they give you a reason? This is the thing. So I talked to the guy and uh, the, from American Express and he's like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Cruz. Um, we're having difficulty. I can send you somewhere else. And this is just weird. What, what year went, was this? This was probably 2017. Oh, okay, pretty recent. So not long ago, not, not a long time ago. Okay. And so I I realized something. And one thing I looked around and I started to realize very quickly what was happening. I was the only black person in the bank. I was probably the only black person that these guys had even seen in the area. Because mm -hmm. everyone was white. Everyone. What did you and, think you they were discriminating against? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. I believed right then and there he wouldn't do it. And even you can't make apparently American Express couldn't make the guy give me my money, but he I guess like he, he, he didn't was, he didn't believe you were like the account owner or something. I had everything, but I had all my information right there. I had every he I guess he thought it, I was running some big scam. Or something, but the fact oh, is, that's that's no, that's so unacceptable. But this was the thing. I again, and this is another thing: is that you know, just like in America, there's, there's probably more racism in America, or just as much racism in America as there is in Europe. And you know, in Italy, they're not used to seeing a lot of black people, and mm. so I'm sure he, in his mind, he probably felt like I'm being tricked. There's some sort of scam going on. So the American Express guy sent me to the very, very sketchy side of town. And it was a side of town that the Ubers wouldn't even go. No way. Because they were like, this is not safe. Mm -hmm. I had to walk there to this really, really, and it was a oh, like 24 hour internet cafe. And they were selling incense and smoke things. It was really smoky and really, uh, it was so sketchy. <laughs> and the guy gave me my money. And I had to walk all the way back to the hotel because the Uber wouldn't pick me up. So th this was like a, a different American Express location at, at like a bad neighborhood. 
it, 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 was, it wasn't even an American Express location. It was just the people who would give me my money. You know, yeah. it was just it, American Express worked hard to find someone who would agree. Okay. And this is what happened. But, you know, I had a black card. I mean, this is like the best American Express card you could ever have. I mean, and I you could couldn't even access your money. Card. I could put a million dollars on this card and they, they would not accept it. But on the way, and this is why I say it's kind of a long story, but this is where it all comes together. I stood on that walk back to the hotel. I said, this can never happen again. On that walk, I was thinking, I said, look at the ability of someone. I'm already rich. I'm already famous. And I can't get access to my own money. And I thought someone, these are gatekeepers. These are people who are preventing you from succeeding in some way, shape or form. This is a system. This is something that if, if even when you do everything right, even when your credit is A1, even when you do everything down to the letter, they can still say no. It blew my mind. Yeah, it's crazy. And I said, there's got to be another way. There's got to be another way. And Camila, once, once I started to look and do research and I found out about crypto and I started to look into the democratization of what crypto is and it did not care what color I was. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it, if, I, if I had fulfilled all the, the requirements of the smart contract, it must go through. People cannot... Now, no one person can say no to me. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's the it's got it's the whole community. It's it's no one. It's one thing that blew me away is being decentralized is truly power mm. because a country can't even say you can't have it. You know what I mean? This is about a whole nother system. When I saw DeFi and I saw the ability for people, you have to understand when I started doing the research, I started to see how people in Africa were being denied ownership of the places that they already knew their families already owned simply because they had no record. Mm -hmm. And so I said, this is a way, if you can put it on the blockchain, if you can put the record of you owning your own land and your own places and all your contracts of what your family has on the blockchain, no one can refute it. But now you have somebody to come in and say, no, you didn't, you don't own it. This is ours. <laughs> and this happens all the time. Yeah. This happens all over the world. So many people are told, nope, that's not yours. It's mine. <laughs> I have more records than you do. But this, the fact that we can have a ledger that proves who you are, where you come from. And I'm telling you, I said, this is the way of the future. This is truly, truly power. When you look at the hundreds of millions of people who are being disenfranchised, I was one person who was disenfranchised from the system. And I said, I'm in. After that, I said, I have to find a way to get involved with this cryptocurrency because it truly, truly is something that everyone needs in their life. You, listen, and this is the thing. You know, and you, you mentioned how mm -hmm. uh, uh, women's rights mm -hmm. and, you know, women couldn't even get a credit card in the United States without a man signing for them <laughs> in 1975. Insane. You know what I mean? Like, that wasn't that long ago either. That's not long ago. <laughs> that's the 70s. You, as a, if you were a woman, you could not get a credit card. Think about. No, that's insane. Just think about the women who are trying to get businesses, trying to start things, trying to, you know, single moms who are trying to raise their families and you were stuck. Not only if you were you, whatever race you were, but if you were a woman, you could not do anything. You were subject to whatever that someone would let you have. Yeah. But with crypto and with this, the way things work here is that it's true, true freedom. I mean, it's permissionless. I love it. I you love don't it. need to ask permission for anyone. You're your own bank. You own your own assets. You don't, you know, if, if you want to transfer, it doesn't care who you are, but it doesn't matter where you are either. So it doesn't matter if you're in Milan or in the US, 
um, it's a global network. So you can just transfer to wherever, from wherever, um, without asking any bank, no intermediaries. That it, it's beautiful. So <laughs> it hurt me so much. I said, yeah. I'll never, that'll, because I did everything right. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I did and, everything so like, I was supposed to do, you know? So, okay, so you learned about uh, crypto and blockchain. When was this? And like, what's the first thing you did? Like, did you go and like buy Bitcoin? No, no, actually, I, I waited. I, I waited. I just did more studying. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I did more looking. And once I found, because people were like all into Bitcoin. They were mm -hmm. buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. But this is the thing for me, um, even though like Bitcoin was like gold, of course, mm -hmm. and it's something that you set and you just kind of keep and, and the whole thing. But I was looking for a system mm -hmm. because for me, um, you know, Ethereum was much more intoxicating to me because mm. it was a, it was a, a network. It was something mm. I could build something on. So I got involved with Ethereum right mm. away. Um, I got Ethereum. I got turned on through certain people that I really, really trusted who let me know uh, how, how this whole system works. And so I bought some Ethereum and just sat on it and, and still do. But mm -hmm. my thing is, is to really find ways to make this thing work. Because once it, it clicked for me that Bitcoin was like gold and Ethereum was like oil, you know, mm -hmm. oil that runs your machine and runs your businesses and runs your whole thing. I said, that's what I need because there's so many business things that I want to do that I need a structure and, and you know, to, to actually operate. That's why DeFi is so beautiful right now. And I have to be honest, you know, it's not really about the ins and outs for me because mm. those, and, it, and I know a lot of people who are like, well, you should be in this coin or that coin, it isn't it. But these are more speculators. I'm not a speculator. I am, a, I believe in what this is mm. because all money is, is faith. All it is, is faith in you. If I know you and I believe you, you all of a sudden have currency with me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and, and all wealth is technically spiritual. It's not, it's, it's not something that really, really exists. But when you deal with money as like a hard, you know, a hard good, it can be stolen. Mm -hmm. But you can't steal my name. You can't steal my effort, my, the goodwill, the faith. You know, I've been married to my wife for 32 years. You can't steal that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when you have built these goodwill and built these great things, I, I saw the power of what crypto is not for, you know, getting rich quick. It's really about spiritually proving yourself as like someone to have faith in. You know what I mean? Like it's faith. It, that's all money is. And one thing that, I, that got me is because when I saw the whole um, thing that happened with GameStop and okay. I saw how people put faith in certain things and you start to understand that Wall Street is a game and it's corrupt. And people, you know, they did, there were people who did everything right. And a lot of these, a lot of Wall Street told them no because it, they they wanted to trade it. They wanted to do things and they shut it down. I thought, <laughs> this is evil. This is what we're talking about. You mm -hmm. cannot have control over people. And for me, for me, you cannot love people and control them at the same time. And what happens is if you love someone, you have to be free to do whatever you want to do. But when you're talking about control, it's all about you're you're convincing people, you're tricking people. And when I look at these books, I, I have had business managers that have lied to me. Oh, I've gone through five or six different managers who straight up lied to me about what they were doing simply to control the way I think. Wow. And and you, this and this happens all over the place. This is from Bernie Madoff all the way to what happened at GameStop. And so many people develop faith in this system that's lying to them the whole time. 
At least with like blockchain, you you have um, a record of what's going on that you can verify. I think that's the difference. Um, it it doesn't kind of change human nature. Like you still have people who are lying and involved in the crypto ecosystem. Like we see scams all the time. Yeah. Um, but at least with with blockchain, you you have more. Uh, um, a greater ability to audit what's happening. It's like th there's a trace and um, and it's it's public so everyone can see it. And it's also nobody can change it um, because like once it's on, on the blockchain, you know, you you need like a, a very unlikely attack to happen on on this like very secure blockchain to change that ledger. Um, so it, I don't think like blockchains won't change human nature. Like people will still lie and scam, That's but right. at least they'll give you um, more agency, like one over like having control over your assets and two over the ability to audit what's going on, to have mm -hmm. like traceability. You're right. I mean, but, and I'll be honest with you, you know, human nature will not change. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the number of scams in Bitcoin, versus the number of scams at your local bank. Hmm. It's, it's, I mean, it's literally a whole, when you, Bitcoin is still 100% better than what's happening in the financial system right now. Oh yeah, oh, I, I mean, that, that's what, you, you have to, I, I had to ask myself, which one is better? You know what I mean? When I would look at what happened with Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo here in the United States, they were opening accounts for people and they didn't even know they had them, mm. you know? And it was a scam on a worldwide level where some people had 20 accounts and didn't know. And they were, it was so wild because when I look at the, I remember being, uh, you know, I, this is a good thing. Growing up in Flint, Michigan, I was pretty poor. And I used to watch the check cashing places in my community basically rob the community. They were loan sharking. You know, mm -hmm. you could do a payday loan, but the interest was like 300% if wow. you didn't pay it by a certain time. And so many people got caught under that debt that you just saw the neighborhood starts to crumble mm -hmm. and it starts to fall underneath that stuff. And I said, there's got to be, I mean, first of all, people can talk about, oh yeah, there was a crypt crypto scam. But I'm like, but there's a scam on the corner, <laughs> on the corner of your block, trying to trick you into, into getting all your money now, but paying three times later. And I said, this is so evil and so corrupt that everything I've seen with cryptocurrency is still better than your best banking system you have right now. True. Because it's so fake. Uh, like you, you don't know what's going on uh, behind those closed doors. Um, okay, so I, I want to ask you about. You said this. You made an interesting point about crypto has uh, gives you this ability to put your faith in in someone, um, and I think that's uh, tied to the social token that you that you issued. Right, um, you're um, enabling your fans to to put their faith in you, to own a piece of you, essentially, uh, when they're buying your token. Um, so um, can you talk about that? Like, why did you decide to issue a, a social token? And like, what 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 does it do? Like, what's it about? Well, again, um, the reason for the social token was simply because I saw the incentive going the wrong way. Um, when you look at the internet, incentive, for the incentive has always been bad behavior because you want views. Uh, and so you have trolls that tend to run up views and, and really you get paid by conflict. Mm -hmm. And so the more conflict you create, the more views you get, the more money you make. This is the wrong incentive. It's absolutely corrupt. It leads to everything breaking down. Um, it, it reminds me now of how all the news organizations, um, when Trump was in office, they really, really profited off of the acrimony. Um, 
they made a lot of money. I mean, you're talking about CNN, MSNBC, because the point is not to tell you things are good. The point is to get you scared. And the point is to make you very, very afraid. So you watch everything and you feel panic and you spend your money and they get more advertising. But now when Trump got out of office, a lot of these same news organizations are struggling. They are now looking for the latest crisis so that they can ramp up and try to get some more money again. Social currency works totally the opposite. You have to do good. You have to create faith. You have to have done great things in order for your the value of your currency to increase. And I think in the future, this is, the, this is going to be, it's gonna actually beat the advertising system that we have right now. Mm-hmm. Because every human being is gonna be able to have their own social currency based on the good things that they've done, based on have you ever cheated anyone? No, and this is the thing about the blockchain and about crypto that I love is the transparency. Um, Right now, the problem with the scams and all this stuff that happened with crypto, the problem I see is that people are anonymous. I believe everyone's going to have to put their name out there once you start doing Because see, people who are anonymous can get away with a whole lot of things and get people to, oh, yeah, my name is, uh, you, they come up with some animal name, I'm Lion and whatever. And all of a sudden, everyone puts all their money in Lion and then they pull the rug out from under them and they're gone. But if you had a name and you knew where this person lived and you knew everything about, bam, this is that person. Remember, transparency is what this is all about. And I said, I want to be first. I want to be as transparent as possible. You know what? This is Terry Cruz's social currency. I called it power, but you know it's me. You know it's Terry Cruz. So if I was involved with a scandal or scam or whatever, the price of my money or whatever my currency was would go down. So this means this gives me an incentive to always do good to always do great things, to always improve society as opposed to tearing things down. Because remember, you know, all kind of crookedness and all this stuff, it just doesn't last. When you look at, you know, the only real, real way for money to work is that both you and I have to be in win-win situations. I have to give you what you want. And, and you give me what I want. It's all a great exchange. And let me tell you, when you develop those kinds of exchanges, everything grows, everything gets better. No one is unhappy. But right now, you have a segment of people who are trying to trick people out of things. And they don't. They wanna give you a little bit less and then take a little bit more, but that never, never works. But social currency, the reason I decided to get my name behind it is the principle. The principle never, ever gets old. It's one of those things where you know it's me, you know it, I, I, that I'm behind it. And if you believe in me, if you have faith in me and I keep that faith, I have to hold that faith, it will grow and it will continue to go on. I'm not in a get rich quick scheme. This thing is for life. This thing is for, I really want power to transcend me. I mm-hmm. want it to be something that people will be in a hundred years go, yeah, I wonder who made that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Because we've been dealing in power and the, the faith behind it is so good that it's we don't even remember who started it. You know what Indeed. I mean? Mm. So, okay. So um, you should power and like, how did you distribute it? Like who is holding this currency now? Right now, we basically gave it away to very, very, a, a really select group of people. Uh, and we also have a Discord that we have about 500 um, really, really great holders of power who believe in it and the whole thing. And I, and I have been very, very picky about who mm-hmm. gets power and who gets led into the community uh, because simply, you know, I know what this is. And, and when, what I did when we created power, it was about the artist. Remember going back to who I am. Mm-hmm. And what I saw was so many people getting beat as artists. You have uh, artists who are putting things in galleries and they only see, uh, you know, 10%. They, they may sell something for $100,000. The gallery makes 90,000. 90, well, that person is left with 10. 
And I thought, this is not right. I mean, just look at all the artists who are being scammed and being taken advantage of mm -hmm. from the music world, all the way to film, television, the whole deal is, is people are willing to sell their birthright in order to get in. But I created power for the artists, for the creative. And as a community, our plan is to own our own IPs, our own intellectual property, whatever. Our uh, One thing I, I just, we're gonna make an announcement pretty soon, but I decided to get behind a young designer in New York uh, by the name of Frederick McSwain. And he is going to be the first power sponsored designer. And we're mm -hmm. creating a product. Remember, I did the same thing with my friend, Annie, and he's gone on to design things for Hermes and for other furniture companies. He's gone on to, he's very famous right now. Mm. Uh, but we started out together. And I'm gonna do the same thing with Frederick, but with the power community behind it. The whatever product we make and whatever, and I told him, I said, whatever you wanna do, Frederick, the power community is gonna support it. We have this budget, this is what we're gonna do. And the power community is going to own uh, the, the product that we develop. And so things, we have rights and, and as the more involved the power community is, the more rights you get. And it's really, to me, the new way of doing business in a way that everyone benefits as opposed to someone being exploited, someone being taken advantage of, and you really, really get ownership as a community and I, I like to, to say, imagine if Star Wars was owned by a group, you know what I mean, by a community. That would be something that everyone could feel like they were into instead of being board members, you know, stock, you know, uh, stockholders, that kind of thing. It's, it's a little bit beyond that because we believe in each other. And that's the principle behind it. Okay, so you have this group of around 500 power uh, token holders. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the idea is to uh, invest in artists. That's it. And support artists. And then you as a group will own, um, I guess, a stake in that production. Exactly. And, and it, it, go, it can be from film to music. And also another thing we, we decided to do was to give micro loans with mm -hmm. no interest, no interest at all. It's literally give loans to artists who need help, who, you know, when you pay us back, that's fine, but there was no interest involved and because you're part of the power community. And then we have the community itself vote on who is the artist out of the community that we want to support? Got it. So it's more like a DAO, like yeah. a decentralized autonomous organization. Exactly. Okay. And the and power token is a way for um, members of the DAO to vote on different decisions, like who you will invest in, like what loans you'll give out, like that sort of thing. Exactly. Okay. And is the idea that the the stake in these productions will be um, in better terms than, for example, what an artist would get at a traditional gallery? Like is and I mean, much better. Um, the, the whole point is, you know, because if we do the same thing the galleries are doing, it, it really wouldn't work. But mm -hmm. people holding power, the, you know, with a successful launch of, a, let's say, you know, if we have a wonderful piece of art that was created, and we all own it, the value of power all goes up. So as people own it, own it, everyone tends to benefit and the artist himself will see uh, most of his profits. That's the thing. I mean, there'll be a probably a minor bit that will go back into the power community, but because of what the work that they've done, it's, it's all, a, it's a meritocracy. Mm -hmm. um, the more work someone does, the more they can profit. And that's our plan. Got it. And then, um, so you distributed power to like a select group of people, but can, for example, can I go to Uniswap and, and buy power or is that right limited? Now, we went through the role network and, mm -hmm. um, but, but this is, this is the one thing too. We have not pooled. Um, mm -hmm. we're not liquid and mm -hmm. that's by design. Um, mm -hmm. we decided we're just going to build the community. 
Mm. Uh, I like to say, if you've ever been to Disneyland, there are Disney dollars that you exchange and you say, and it gives you, you know, extra benefits if you use it inside of the park. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Power right now is not liquid and it probably won't be liquid for a long time, simply because mm. we have to build the faith. We have, right. I, I, the big deal is to build the community. Once people see, and, and I have to say this, I'm funding it 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, but once people see that here, wait a minute, they're actually representing our artists. They're actually giving these loans. They're actually doing these things and they have a product. It's going to gain momentum. Uh, and I want it to be organic. Mm. Uh, I'm, and this is another thing. I'm not in a hurry. Mm. Uh, and that's that's for speculators. That's for people who are trying to, oh, let me get some. I don't care when, when this thing is going to be right, it's going to be right. If it happens next year, if it happens in five years, if it happens in 10 years. Oh, that's no interesting. Okay. It's not a money grab. What the and, and anyone who comes in here with the attitude of the money grab, it's it's just not going to it's not for you. That's why we're not pooling. Uh, but once we have, let's say, let's say, imagine we had an IP that got major interest from outside. Let's say someone wants to buy it and wants to turn it in on another thing. That might be a point where we turn liquid just so we can blow the community up. You know what I mean? So we can actually give the community that's already existed with us so that they can see the results and they can profit. But that's the only way I would do it. I'm not getting, you, you don't have to invest money. I wouldn't, I would not make it liquid unless every member of my community profited. That's so interesting. It's, it's, it's pretty different from other social tokens, which are kind of, you know, liquid almost from, from day one, you're keeping this as like a closed community, a DAO. <laughs> Building it out, um, uh, like okay, so you're you're allowed to sponsor your first artist. The idea is to kind of grow that portfolio of artists, um, and then maybe like once you have like uh, a, a really great uh, uh, portfolio, that will just give more support to to the currency. And maybe at that point, there will be interest from like an outside party to maybe buy some of that. Um, and and that will be kind of the moment to to make it just like a public currency and make it liquid and like exactly. sell it. Exactly. And uh, wow. because again, it, listen, I don't. And this is one thing that that really activated uh, that because we were going to get into talking about that. But you know, Roll got hacked shortly after I announced my power. There was a hack, and it was roughly almost seven million dollars got taken from you know the whole, the role portfolio. Now, because I was not liquid, it didn't hurt me at all. I never, never got touched. And a lot of times I have to say, you know, when you're talking about hacking and you're talking about this kind of stuff, especially in crypto, it's usually an inside job. Somebody knew something, uh, either they were trying to get, you know, somebody back or revenge, or, you know, they were laying in wait, but, you know, crypto is so, so hard to really, you know, to do an efficient, like people come out of nowhere, like, I'm just gonna bust in here. It doesn't happen that way. You have to know so many um, things are so encrypted that there's gotta be an inside job. And let me tell you, I know anytime I've had anything stolen from my house and I've had a few employees and different things, it's always somebody from the inside. It's never somebody who's been on the outside. They've been watching, they've been looking, they know when the gate open, they find out the gate code, they know when to do, they know when you're not home. You know, these things are planned. And mm. when Roll got hacked, it opened my eyes about, you know, the people who really actually got hurt were more speculative guys, people who were trying to get paid. Um, but those who know, and what was so great about it is that even those who in the community who know uh, how this whole thing works, they, they weren't affected because they know it's, we're gonna ride it out. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, I'm a good, I, uh, I hold um, some of my friend, uh, Trevor McFedry's friends with benefits and they weren't, they weren't shook about it at all. They just said, you know what? We're not in it for that. 
we're in this for what this means as a community, for who we are. And that to me is so much more powerful because I'm gonna tell you this as an artist myself, um, I have done, I've been in the entertainment industry over 22 years. And every time I did something for money, I was left, it was not good. Hmm. The minute I decided I was gonna do everything for the enjoyment, I'll never take a job to get paid. I only do what I love to do. I tell people right now, I would host America's Got Talent for free. I would. Mm -hmm because it's one of the most satisfying, beautiful, amazing experiences I've ever done. What, giving people's dreams away. The fact that someone could come in and do a show and become famous overnight, that is so much fun to me. Mm. But they pay me a lot of money <laughs> because I would do it for free. And I told everyone at NBC, you know, I do this for free. This is not about the money. But when you have that attitude, they give you a lot of money. People have faith in that. Mm. But if right. I was doing this, like, well, how much am I going to get? You know what? I'm going to host, but, you know, you got to give me a ray. I got to have this and this. You got to have my trailer out there. You got to, all of a sudden, people find ways to get rid of you. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? If you were that guy, it's like, oh, you're nickel and diming everything. And, uh, but it's always the people who approach life like an artist. I mean, you can, you can be a groundskeeper, you can cut the lawn, or you can be a landscape artist. Someone who's like, I'm gonna make these trees, I'm gonna, and you do so great that they go, wait, I'll pay you whatever you want. You know, and yeah. that to me- I, I love that attitude, yeah. You see what I mean? This is where mm -hmm. artists live. Artists don't do it for, to get paid. Now, of course we wanna eat, of course we have to make a living, but that's where people are exploiting us. And I'm like, listen, I will never be exploited because I'm just gonna do what I love. Mm -hmm. And as long as I love it, I'm always seeing profit. But as soon as I start doing a trade-off of, well, you're only gonna get this, and then, and then, all of a sudden that's that's where you can get robbed. You know what I mean? So bringing it back to, to social tokens, um, I, I think it's a, a great insight. The fact that you know, you're doing this for the long-term, so you're obviously not, you know, this is not a cash grab, so you're not making it liquid. Um, and by doing this, uh, because it's something that you believe in and something that you're building for, for the long term, um, hopefully uh, the like the side effect or, or the result of this uh, rather will be that the power uh, gains in value, but it will be as a result of you believing in this and, and building this out and, and just, you know, seeing it as a, a long-term project rather than, okay, how can I make money on this right, right away? That's right. Um, so, okay. And then I, I also wanted to give a bit of background on, on Roll for those listening and don't yeah. really know what happened. So uh, Roll is a platform where um, anyone can issue their own token. So for even I issued uh, my own Cami coin um, back in like when Roll was like first launched, like I think it was even 2019 or early 2020, like a long time ago, just to test it out. I didn't really do anything with it. Um, but anyways, anyone can go issue their social tokens. And unfortunately, um, earlier this year, Roll was hacked. Um, somebody got access to uh, the team's private keys and they stole 5.7 million worth of social tokens. So that drained um, a lot of the treasuries from um, uh, social token teams or owners who had made their tokens uh, liquid. Um, but a role is kind of um, reimbursing these teams. Uh, so um, th they're able to kind of, uh, you know, give give uh, back to their communities and, and they they have been able to uh, re reimburse um, much of that. So anyways, just for, for background. Um, okay, and then, um, so, you're you're going um about like the social tokens um uh, thing i guess in in a different way than uh, than most people i have heard uh but how do you think other creators um can benefit from this like what would you you advise for like people listening to this right now 
You know, uh, my biggest advice would be, you know, you have to decide uh, where you want to be. I, I know as an artist, uh, I found that there were great, great relationships that I had where I owned things, where I owned a piece, but I also had better, there were better, bigger things done when I had a royalty agreement, you know? Um, it's the, even the furniture thing uh, I'm going to bring up, you know, I owned the part, the pieces that any and I did and took to Milan, but I didn't make any real money off of them. Uh, but when I did my thing with Bernhardt and Bernhardt design, uh, I designed my own furniture. They decided they would give me a 3% royalty and that would be the take. And they, they had faith in me. And we've had a four-year relationship where I get checks all every month, and I see I have seen major, major profit. And the furniture is all over the world. It makes me really respected in the design world. And I look at that as being sort of an example of what power can do. You know what I mean? Um, but imagine if I was Bernhardt too. You know what I mean? So. Now, on top of the royalty, I would also own a piece of what, what Bernhardt is doing. And I think this is the future of how all things are going to be done. Because when you look at um, even the way, you know, I, I look at NFTs. And, and of course, it's, to me, it's a bubble a lot of times. But the, the thing is, the whole internet was a bubble back in 1995. <laughs> you know what I mean? All of it. I remember when they had pets.com back in in. Uh, you know, and that whole thing, and everyone was thinking this is going to be the best thing ever, and then it tanked, just like Bitcoin right now. It's tanking. Oh, oh no, it's over. But you just gotta wait. You gotta hold it and relax because it's not going anywhere. Uh, and again, people who were speculating, people who are in it for a quick buck, are gonna get hit hard. And that's anywhere. That's I, that doesn't. You know, my thing is when you look at a scam. A scam is what I call dangling carrots. Uh, with if you you see people and anybody who wants to dangle some carrots, and if you're willing to jump for those carrots, you're always going to get scammed. But me, I will never jump for those carrots because you have to be confident in what you know and what you believe. And this right here just is going to make things very very clear that the best will rise to the top because it's going to be proven. It's one of those things where you have faith in something when it works. You know what I mean? And this is why I need to give power the time to grow. And, only, and, and you know, it, it's wild because faith, you can have faith instantly, but trust, trust is earned. It's something that takes a lot of time to build. And that's what I'm working on, building my trust. And with, with all the creators out there, um, you have to be trustworthy yourself. And... I see with crypto and the way this whole thing is going, creators have more control than ever. When you're talking about the transparency, when you're talking about the, the fact that you are decentralized, that not one, because a lot of, even a lot of artists within the gallery system, they, they have to go along with the other system. You have to look at this. William Morris Endeavor went public just two weeks ago. They made a billion dollars. And the all of the talent at William Morris Endeavor got zero. The talent that William Morris Endeavor represents got nothing. Come on, how can it, and no one said anything? Listen, Camila, I couldn't believe this. Mm. How are you going to basically pimp? The artists you represent, they represent world-class actors, world-class directors, world-class creatives, and they took them for a billion dollars. The two wow. heads of the company, Patrick Weitzel and Ari Emanuel, each left with $300 million a piece. Oh my God. And, and the, the artists didn't, didn't own, zero. nobody, they didn't have a stake in the company. Nothing, no actors have a stake in the company. Nobody. Mm -hmm. The, and the actors still have to pay William Morris Endeavor 10% of whatever what? they make. 10%. Oh, right. Of, of their work. That's their agency. Right. And you know why they don't say anything? Because they're not decentralized. You need the agency. 
the agency right. owns you. You see what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's why they could sell you. I'm not okay. So, it. so with with social tokens, in theory, what these artists could do is basically sell their their tokens and get that as a sort of like advance. Uh, on their work and they sell them directly to their fans so yes. that they, they can go around agencies or disintermediate the mediator. Um, and, and so in that direct relationship, the artists get uh, uh, remunerated for their work. Um, they, they can monetize whatever they do. The fans will be able to get the upside in the artist's career because they'll own a piece of you know their token if they believe that they'll do well uh they'll be able to benefit from that upside as well so like you said it's a situation where both sides win no middleman mm-hmm. no middleman yeah. it's a chance for you to get right to your fans and your fans to get right to you and the transparency is so beautiful i mean look at the music industry for years and years they would not, they would not, they called it the black box because they would, no one knew how much they actually made. And they would make you, you would go concerts, you do all this stuff. And then you find out that you had to recoup all the money that they spent on the concert. So you thought you made $500 million and you turn around and they hand you a bill for 600 million. That's when, <laughs> remember when Prince went rogue? Prince went mm-hmm. rogue. He years ago he said, I'm out of this. In fact, I'm gonna sell my music digitally. And he made more money that year than he made his whole career. And a lot of people were like, oh well, he had to deal with Warner Brothers. It was so much better, but it wasn't. It wasn't better for Prince. Not at mm-hmm. all. And he saw it and he encouraged all the other artists. He was like, come out, get out of this thing. But you know, the artists were scared. They were like, oh, I don't know, because the system still had them, but not anymore. The music industry is over the way that it used to be. It's truly decentralized right now. Yeah, That's why yeah. no one can control it. You have NFTs, you have social tokens, you have all these tools uh, to do that. And you're right. Like we, I, I had Blau, uh, the DJ on the yeah. show yeah. Um, a, a few months ago. And same thing, like he sold his album as an NFT and got with that uh, more than he ever got from Spotify in his like, I don't know how many years of, of, of a career in one single NFT token. So yeah, it is, it is a true revolution. <laughs> it is a revolution. And, and you know what? And again, I, I, I just, and this is why I attack this spiritually. It's not really about for me, X's and O's and figures. And, and I'll leave that to the people who are mathematicians. I'm about the principle. You know, there's a principle of health, not a principle of sickness. There's a principle of wealth, not a principle of being poor. This is one reason why in India, India is really trying to get rid of crypto because their whole system in India is based on divine right. When you talk about the caste system, there are people who were born rich Mm. and we should always be rich. And that doesn't work. But when you talk about crypto, when you're talking about cryptocurrency, everyone can be rich. Everyone has their own wealth. Every, it's no divine rights. And divine right has been a major problem in, and when you're talking about world history, it's always been, I have this because I was born with it. It's and so it's, unfair. It's so unfair and it's not right. Mm-hmm. And it's and and what the trick is, they made you believe it. <laughs> That's the trick. It's not that they say it, it's the fact that you believe it. And once people believe, wait a minute, I have power, I have rights. This is one reason why we call it power, because for every artist to actually realize they have power, you have way more power than you ever thought you had. In fact, Every human being has the same amount of power on earth than every other human being, but you get fooled out of knowing that. And the more you discover, the more the, the more it benefits you. And that's my job. I want to tell everybody, you can do this. No, you can't. Just It's going to take some figuring out. It's going to take some work, but you have it and you can do it. 
Totally agree. Uh, I, I love that. Um, so everyone go and create your Ethereum address right now. Everyone can do it. Go issue your social token, go issue an NFT. Um, you have to get over the gas fees, but it'll be fine. <laughs> go to that the gas fees stuff is going to go away soon. I, I yeah. really feel that the system's got to, it's going to change. Yeah, the you technology know, is there. Yeah, We're the getting there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Terry, to to wrap up, um, I can't uh, have this conversation without asking you about our wait for it video <laughs> because <laughs> I really want everyone to go and watch it. Our uh, director, uh, video director Robin Schmidt, made a great video. Vitalik's uh, deep fake is in there. Terry makes yeah. a cameo. So I wanted to like get your thoughts. Like what, what did you think when you, when you saw that? It was a pretty crazy it's, <laughs> production. It's crazy. But see, Rob, you know, Robin has been a big reason why I'm so enthusiastic about cryptocurrency. Um, he, he really breaks things down so you can understand. Yep. You see, yep. the, what I'm giving you is just the basic elements. Like what happens, the, when people start getting too detailed, it starts to get confusing and everybody's like, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? I just like, I like the way Robin puts it. You go, oh my God, I can understand this. And he has the greatest illustrations of <laughs> what things mean and how it works. And I love his heart. And he has the same, let me tell you, we sat and talked, me and Robin, and we talked about the same thing. We're like, man, this is about the long haul. This is literally about empowering people and really giving people a chance to create their own life. That's all you want. That's all anyone ever wants is the opportunity to create the life they want. And you don't want anybody to give you a, to, to veto that and to tell me no. Like back in that bank, when that guy told me no, he was literally stopping me from creating the life I wanted. But I found an end around, I found a way around. And I think crypto is the way around this for a lot of people and as soon as they realize it and more people every day are realizing more and more thanks to the videos that Robin puts out. That's right. Um, thanks so much, Terry. This was an awesome conversation. Um, I really appreciate it. Hopefully, you know, everyone uh, will leave this feeling very empowered. Uh, oh, thanks thank to you. you. <laughs> thank, you thank you. I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much. And before we close, here's another word about our awesome sponsors. Experience DeFi. Deposit, earn, and borrow on Aave. Aave is a decentralized, open source, and non-custodial liquidity protocol to earn interest on deposits and borrow assets. Deposit and start earning interest in real time directly in your wallet and swap any of your deposited assets at any time to get some of the best deals on the market. Aave protocol liquidity pools are now available on Ethereum and on the sidechain Polygon. Head over to app.ave.com to get started today. Ensign provides an easy way to build, scale, and monetize DeFi investment strategies. If high gas prices are shutting you out of DeFi, fear not. Ensign is now running a gas subsidy program. The app makes it easy for investors to pull together on strategies lowering costs. The Enzyme interface allows anyone to trade, lend, deposit to AMM pools, farm, stake, and more. It is a non-custodial solution and allows for real-time reporting, security, and transparency. Sign up today on Enzyme.finance. Don't let high gas costs keep you out of Ethereum. At Balancer, you can trade all you want and get most of the gas costs back in your pocket. In their new Bal for Gas campaign, traders are receiving six figures worth of Bal tokens every week. And with V2 just around the corner, Balancer is becoming the one-stop shop for DeFi liquidity. Balancer V2 brings stable pools and weighted pools tightly integrated under a single protocol, flash loans, lending via asset managers, and much more. Check it out at balancer.finance. The new Kraken app is one of the best places to invest in some of the most popular DeFi assets like Uniswap, Aave, Polkadot tokens, and more. Just download the app and get started in minutes. Plus, you can earn additional rewards through Kraken's industry-leading staking product. Payouts are twice a week and you can earn up to 20% annually on some of your favorite cryptos. 
Sign up today at kraken.com slash defiant or type Kraken in the App Store to learn more. Kyber's Dynamic Market Maker or DMM is the first decentralized exchange designed to react to market conditions to optimize fees, maximize returns, and provide extremely high capital efficiency for liquidity providers. It aims to be a game changer for DeFi. Depositing tokens to earn fees is also fast and simple with this liquidity easily accessible by dApps, aggregators, or other users. Visit dmm.exchange now. Interested in DAOs? Wondering how to DAO? Colony aims to be the biggest, baddest DAO framework out there, and it's easy. Spin up a DAO in three minutes for half a penny. Issue a token, raise money, govern your treasury, and so much more. Zero coding required. Already got a token? Great. Colony will give it superpowers in seconds. DAOs are all about voting, right? Wrong. Colony is about getting things done. And voting on every little thing ain't that. So in Colony, votes are only necessary if there's a disagreement. Head to colony.io and follow at Join Colony on Twitter to learn more. Want to DAO right now? Hit up clny.io slash bounty to join their bounty program and earn their forthcoming token, CLNY. I'll continue to interview all the major founders and influencers in this emerging space. When DeFi eats the world, you can say you heard them here first. Tune in next week.